Would you, as a Christmas present, like to do the intro? We could go off format. I don't know. You've heard me do it like a hundred times. No, I'm not ready. Um, go. <laughs> Maybe as a New Year's present. Sorry. You would have, you have had to inform me yesterday. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series chapter by chapter and today we are discussing chapter 15 of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called A God Buys Us Cheeseburgers. I am a waitress in a diner, uh, also known as Kristen, and this is my co-host. I'm just a guy trying to get his car washed. <laughs> also known as chris hi chris how are you doing today doing great how are you back from our morning walk we had a nice little uh chat yeah we got into a, it about uh the morality of the gods yep at a uh, at a siren themed uh coffee shop oh yeah it's very on brand yep absolutely <laughs> uh how are you doing, Kristen? I'm it's Christmas right. week. It is Christmas week. Yep. It's Christmas week. So I that. took I took our little niece out uh, Christmas shopping, and uh-huh. she had a really great time because I'm a Target person and she's a Target person, but person. Grandma's not a Target person, so uh, she had to go to Target with me. Glad which you could. Was uh, a great time. Glad you could bring that joy into her life. Yep. And be a Target person. Yep. It was it was a joyful time for my life too. We've said Target like six times. Are we trying to get a sponsorship here? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think they sponsor podcasts. Anywho, God buys us cheeseburgers. Yep. That's never happened to me. Has it? No. No. It's not. Like, I'm trying to think of a specific person who's ever bought me a cheeseburger. I'm sure it's it's happened. I can't think of an instance, though. I've bought you a cheeseburger. You have bought me a cheeseburger. <laughs> so, you're not secretly a God, are you? Shh. <sighs> All right. How do we start this podcast, Kristen? We do our um, <laughs> summaries. Uh-huh. Would you like to do your summary first? Sure. So here are my bullet points for this chapter. <clears throat> we were just outside of Denver when the hunger began to take hold. This is not a summary of bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> not doing a rewrite. And this is my summary. Okay. I just wanted to make a fear and loathing joke. Because that's a book I haven't referenced in this uh, podcast before. Yeah. Uh, Internet puns. Maximum hip-hop. You train children for battle, and they go and start a war. Luke sowing seeds of doubt. Percy's lying again. This biker dude is metal AF. Look, a side quest. Percy keeps poking the bear. What? Rad! You're going to get that when we go into the chapter. I know that's a confusing one. Uh, Percy goes to a dry water park. Symbolism. It's a trap! A love trap! Use the shield. Okay. <laughs> it's been a minute. All, all of these are important. Except the first one. That was just a joke. But... Go ahead and do yours. 
All right. Here's my summary then. I guess it's my turn now. My first line is hungry in Denver. All right. I just jazzed it up a little bit, okay? Hungry in Denver. Calling Chiron at the car wash. Iris carries messages with rainbows. Percy tells Luke everything. There are problems at camp. At the diner with no money. Aries shows up and gives them a quest. Aries and Aphrodite sitting in a pool. (laughs) The pool was a Hephaestus trap. Percy and Annabeth are trapped. But water gets them out with Aries' shield. That's it. Cool. Uh, so let's dive in. There's a lot to talk about in this chapter. There uh, is. In, there is. This in stark is contrast to the last one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see how long this episode goes for. Um, sorry, you were saying something and I ran over you. No, that's okay. We're good. So they roll into Denver. Yep. Great town. Never been. <laughs> hungry. <laughs> I think hungry. we both, what we both gathered about Denver is that they're hungry. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. So they're rolling to Denver, uh, hungry, starving, in fact. Uh, but before they eat, they need to try to get in contact with Chiron because they're like, we need to update Chiron and all the events that's going on. Uh, and Percy's just like, yeah, but apparently we can't use phones because phones get tracked. We established that in like chapter two or something. Yeah, where it was Chiron something was kind about. of weird. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't remember all the details on it. It was mentioned before where Chiron was just like, by the way, don't use phones. Yeah. Or something like that. And passing. Um, and Annabeth and Grover obviously know what's going on. They're just like, oh, no, we don't have to use phones. Mm-hmm. We we have our ways of doing this. And so All they, we need is rainbows. We need rainbows. So they end up going to a and car wash. And drachmas. Getting ahead of ourselves here. We end up going to a car wash, or a car bath, as it were. Yes, that's we what live, they're notoriously known as. We, we live near a couple of car baths. Yep. Uh, but they're completely out of money. Uh, and Grover and Annabeth start having this conversation that Percy's completely lost on. Of just like, Annabeth's just like, oh, we're out of money. And Grover's just like, oh, we can do it with a spray bottle, but the connection isn't as good. And Percy's just like, what? Um, and then they explain the concept of I aming. Yes. And this is one of those lines that kind of dates this book a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because this was old internet terminology that nobody uses anymore. It's true. They yeah. really don't. Yeah. But I am it was a thing. Yep. I remember using AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. I used yeah. AOL. I, I used... Um, ICQ. ICQ. Yeah. I used ICQ. <laughs> uh-huh. Pre-AIM. Pre uh-huh. So that I was I still a have an AIM email yep. address. We've completely alienated any of our gen z listeners at this point <laughs> they're just like what uh this was a thing it's like text messaging but before cell phones yep and over dial up yep that was fun you remember away messages yeah and how oh, that yeah. was oh yeah how that was a whole thing that was like the first like myspace headline yep anyway this isn't a nostalgia podcast for the <laughs> uh, the early internet uh so iris messaging yep this is a thing uh, the rainbow goddess Iris, who I'll be honest, I never heard of mm-hmm. before this book. New information to me. Uh, Iris messaging. Uh, so apparently, if you are a god and/or occasionally a half blood, you can create a rainbow 
and throw some gold into it and contact anybody anywhere. Yep. Which really, really does come off as some, like, weird fae magic. It is uh, a little, <laughs> it is a little fae adjacent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was the personal messenger of Hera, mm-hmm. specifically, at least in mythology. But she is used in this context to be the messenger between the gods for all purposes, godly, communicatory. Yeah. So she's just at everybody's beck and call all at once. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, occasionally half-bloods, if she has time. If she's yeah. feeling generous. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we could go really deep into, like, the symbolism of the rainbow and, like, how the rainbow shows up in, in this and how it's similar to a lot of other mythologies, but I, we don't need to get into that. No, we don't. But, because this is happening right after uh, Percy's baptism in the river. It is, it is. And, like, in, in, like, the Christian symbolism, like, the rainbow is, like... I don't know what was it originally. It was a promise. Yeah, the Judeo-Christian is the uh, context of the rainbow is uh, after the flood with Noah that it was a promise that it never flood the earth again from from the divine. Yeah, uh, and then in Norse mythology, the rainbow is essentially the the Bifrost, which is a pathway between realms. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a more appropriate. Act- uh, like parallel is yeah. the the Bifrost parallel rather than this promise of not destroying things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, rainbow symbolism shows up a lot, but this is uh, apparently how it is in the in the Greek mythology. Interesting. I I wasn't aware. Well, I mean, again, it makes sense with that parallel of the of the bridge between the the divine realm and the and the earth realm. Yeah. Uh, so they make a rainbow at this car wash, and they finally get to use one of their drachma that they've had laying around that they have not had any kind of usefulness for. Yep. But they hit the coin, there's a little chant. Uh, basically, <laughs> you want to make another reference that dates this, uh, collect calls. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. well, no, they're using money. This is more of a payphone situation. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that Gen Zers aren't aware of. Not that they're not aware of, just <laughs> that they don't have experience with usually. Man, we're old enough to have used payphones. Yep. I have I used payphones multiple times. I would walk across the street from my parents' business mm-hmm. uh, to the mall, and I would have to call my mom on the payphone at the at the business to let her know that I safely made it to the mall. Yeah. And then I would have to call her again when I was going to head back so that she knew that I was coming back. Nice. Those are times. Yep. I would meet my friend, like my friend lived on the other side of the mall and she and I would both walk to the mall and meet there and hang out. But I had to, I had to take change for the payphone to call my mom from the mall. We're feeling chatty today, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. This I is mean, already... this is a really dense chapter, <laughs> so is. we should probably yeah, cut down like, on our chatter. I was like, we should, because we have a lot to get into. Um, so Annabeth throws the coin into the rainbow. And it disappears. Specifies... It doesn't land on the other side of the water. It does not. Uh, specifies a destination, and then they get connected to Luke yep. at the big house on Half-Blood Hill. Uh, Luke, I called. Percy even says it. Uh, he picks up. Uh, he is immediately, apparently, really happy for uh, to hear from Percy because nobody there knows if they're still alive or not. Yeah. Uh, he asks about Annabeth and, and everybody. Um Annabeth and Grover are both right there. Hey, Luke, hi, we're here. Yeah. Uh, asks about Chiron, because that's who they were actually trying to call. Yeah. Uh, he is not available, because there's 
an issue. There's trouble at the park. Yeah. There's... At the park? At the camp. There's yeah. trouble at the camp because apparently this conflict between the gods yes. that Percy's on this quest for has become common knowledge. Yeah. And that wasn't supposed to happen. Now the gods' kids are all getting in conflict with each other in the same way that the gods are aligning up. Crazy. Hence my bullet point being like, you train children, you train children for battle and they go and start a war. Yep. Who could have ever seen this coming? Who would have expected it? <laughs> but like, yeah, no, it's it's true though because we... Uh, so we have this, this I'm going to say interesting, um, we have this situation where there's a bunch of kids at camp who don't have relationship with their god divine parent but want to like earn approval from their divine parent by by caring about what their parent cares about oh, yeah it's chock full of daddy issues yeah like, this yeah is just like, like it's a lot of parental <laughs> issues because all of these kids like have no idea Nothing, nothing, they have no relationship with their parent. But they're like, no, we're going to support the Poseidon people because Ares is supporting Poseidon and Ares is our god. So we're going to support, he's our father. We're going to support Poseidon's side of this argument between Zeus and Poseidon. Yeah. Which, again, is another thing that, like, comes out in this discussion and Percy's like, ooh, the Clarice is on my side. (laughs) That's that. Don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) That makes my stomach turn. But yeah, like the way it is uh, described in the book, uh, it's basically everybody except the Athena house yeah. is on one side. Like it's the it's the 11 kids in Athena versus everybody else, which seems like kind of a one-sided battle to me, especially yeah. since Ares is against them. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to go for them. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll come back to that and Percy can head off this conflict or maybe they'll go back and everybody's dead in we'll the see. camp. We'll see. But, uh, but Chiron's off dealing with that, so they can't talk to him. But we also have this, like, how did they find out about this? And the and the speculation from Luke is that whoever let the hellhound in must have been stirring this up by telling them about it. Yeah. Told, told all of the kids about it. Yeah. So there's still a mole in the camp, probably. We still don't know who it is. Uh, I still think it's Luke! Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Luke says something that I wanted to talk about here, because most of it's just like, hey, Luke's up, uh, updating them, Percy gives them uh, too much information. Well, and we have this this neighbor uh, in the car stall come up and take uh, Annabeth and Grover away from this conversation. No, somebody's being distracting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they and they have to wander off, so it's Percy and Luke having this chat alone. Yeah. Um, do, do, do. And then, okay, this is the conversation. So Luke kind of apropos of nothing it's just like oh no it has to be hades who's behind this because um the the conversation goes uh, so what's your status luke asked me chiron will be sorry he missed you percy tells him basically everything about his dreams about all this kind of stuff trust luke for some reason because he's an idiot and luke's like i wish i could be there we can't help much i'm afraid but listen it had to be hades who took the master bolt like he just kind of throws that out there yeah uh, and being like, he was there at Olympus, and, you know, we saw uh, him well, there. Well, I mean, it says that he just told him about, you, you said he just told him about the dreams and stuff. Yeah. And in the dreams, like, the context of those, it's not Hades. Yes. Hades then, is is laughing about this whole thing. Yeah. And then Luke is like, still, 
Hades has the Helm of Darkness, how could anybody else sneak into the throne room and steal a Master Bolt? You'd have to be invisible. Yeah, and we Wait. have this this very, like, seeds of discord being spread yeah. by Luke, which is why I don't <laughs> trust him. Uh-huh. But, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying that Luke is sowing seeds of doubt in my own mind here, but could this be being played straight, and are we suspecting Annabeth even a little bit? I'm not, no. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Because, like, we still have the bit in the prophecy where Percy is supposed to be betrayed by somebody. Yeah, Luke. Okay. Or Chiron. Yeah. Could be anybody at this point, except Grover. Yeah. If it's Grover, I'm going to be very sad. Yeah. That, that would be the most unexpected one. But, like, be really bummed. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Luke kind of points the finger at Annabeth and is just in a, in a very subtle kind of way. just be like, hmm... And Percy, in a rare moment of not being dumb and, like, realizes what he's implying, mm-hmm. is, like, I, I appreciated the fact that they didn't, like, immediately spell it out and being, like, Percy's just, like, what do you mean? Because um, usually he's dumb about these things. Yeah, a little bit. But then Luke immediately backpedals and he's just, like, oh, no, 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 of course I didn't mean Annabeth. <laughs> Who would accuse Annabeth? She couldn't have done it, right? A wink again. Sorry, and this is all very audio really medium. You should stop winking at the microphone. Yeah. The microphone really doesn't pick up winks. Let me wink louder. Um, anyway, I'm doing very exaggerated winks for the listeners at home, uh, as opposed to our live studio audience. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and Luke is just like, no, nah, not Annabeth. She's like a little sister to me. Uh Good thing Annabeth's not here there to hear that. Oh yeah, she'd be she'd be quite upset probably. Um, and then he's yeah he then he keeps being suspicious and he's just like, "Hey, are you using those flying shoes I gave you? I'd be really happy if you were using those. Are he you using again, the? By the way, darn it. <laughs> uh, and then Percy lies to him. Yeah. So this is kind of the first inkling that maybe Percy doesn't fully trust Luke. Or or is he trying to make him feel better about the gift that he gave? I mean, it could be either way. Uh-huh. It it could be either way. I don't I don't think that Percy has the forethought to like doubt Luke. Mm-hmm. I think that he's just trying to make him feel better. Like he's trying to make him feel good. Yeah. And being like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using, they're super helpful. Yeah. They've been they've been very useful. But, Did you watch the news of me falling out of the St. Louis uh, Arch? No? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Totally saved me from a deadly fall. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, there's this really weird line where Percy lies to him and Luke says, Really? They fit and everything? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's something there. Yeah. Like, Luke's still being sus. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. It also seems like a really this is the part that i struggle with because if it is luke's intentional sabotage it just seems a really dumb and obvious yeah. like if if luke is the kind of person who can successfully manipulate everybody into like starting this conflict and I, like steal the master bolt and everything i still think that there's someone manipulating luke like yeah. i think luke is a, a puppet or a cat's paw like he is yeah. being used because like Luke gives him the shoes, and per- and even Percy is immediately just like, "Oh yeah, I can't use these." So like, it's uh, way Chiron too- told him. He Percy didn't figure that one out. 
Chiron was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't use those. And I Anna, thought Percy. Anna, no, Annabeth okay. was like, no, yeah, you can't use those. Okay. It just seems like a really obvious uh, slight yeah. or sabotage or something. But I don't know. I, I do agree with you. I still think Luke is uh, behind something here. Yeah. So the mist starts to shut off because they've run out of quarters for the machine. That makes the mist. Uh, and the call... Uh, gets cut off as Luke is being like, oh, tell Grover not to worry about it. He's not going to screw it up again and kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a vibe. Yeah. Um, Percy and Grover have had this conversation, right? Like, Sort of. Yeah. I was like, like, sort of. Okay. We don't have all of the details, but... This is not the first Percy's hearing about it. Grover's no. kind of... Okay. We've been given enough information to put together that that, that Percy knows that the tree was Zeus's daughter that was being brought back to camp. And Percy knows, whether from Annabeth or Grover, that Grover was the keeper that was bringing her in. Yeah. With Annabeth. Yes. When this happened. Uh, and then Annabeth and Grover come back and Percy lies to his friends again. Uh-huh. He really needs to stop doing that because he's blind to basically everybody in the entire book at this point yeah <laughs> uh what was his spe- what, what do you th- what do you feel he specifically lied about here uh i mean it, it says it directly uh they've come back and she's like what happened percy what did luke say not much i lied yeah uh i guess he didn't want to uh tell them that there's conflict tell them their conflict well, or cast the blame on annabeth for yeah i think he really doesn't want annabeth to uh know that athena's house like her mother isn't supporting poseidon and that they're gonna have conflict between them because of this yeah like i think she i think she, i think he is nervous about that probably um anyway then they go and get dinner yep they go to a diner uh sit down and immediately are accosted by a waitress who is just like, do you guys have money to pay for this? Which seems kind of rude, but they are a group of teenagers yeah. wandering into a diner. Yeah. It's like, I, as somebody in the service industry, would not start with that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walk up to the table and be like, got money? <laughs> you gotta pay your tab? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, before they can answer, though, everybody gets distracted by... Events in the parking lot. The rumbling of a... Yeah. Uh, is it, does it specifically say it's a Harley? No. It just uh, says motorcycle. Uh, motorcycle the size of a baby elephant. Okay. Because, you know, you can picture that. You've been next to a baby elephant before. I have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I've, have. It's like I've used that on the exact wrong person. Yep. I have, in fact, <laughs> stood next to a baby elephant. I have, in fact, had a baby elephant, like, eat from my hand. <laughs> Most Americans have not had that experience, so I'm glad you have. Yeah. That sounds magical. It was really cool. I watched baby elephants bathe in the river. Can you picture a motorcycle? They lay down on their side, and they flap their trunk around, and then they get up, and they, they lay down on their other side. They're really cute. They sound cute. They're really cute. Can you picture a motorcycle the size of one? I can't picture a really cute motorcycle. <laughs> Especially if it has a uh, a seat that's been upholstered in human skin. What might be human skin? Yeah, yeah. Caucasian human looks, skin looks suspiciously like that. Specifically, Caucasian human skin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
some point, Ares killed a white dude and propulsored his motorcycle with him. Anyway. Yep. I mean, that is the implication (laughs) of that line. Yes, 100%. Uh, So anyway, this dude rolls up. We don't know it's Ares yet, but he comes in wearing a muscle shirt. He's got black jeans on, a black leather duster, big old hunting knife strapped to his thigh. Like, uh, it's this very ruggedly handsome face. Uh, And then he rolls up and immediately, like, pops a squat next to the crew. Like, joins in the booth next to all the kids. Shoves Annabeth up against the window. Uh-huh. Which, again, one of those things that looks, like, real weird from an outside perspective. Like, you're sitting at the diner having your pancakes, and these three teenagers walk in and sit down. Then this giant dude with a knife rolls up on a motorcycle and immediately walks down and sits next to them. And says, they're, they're, <laughs> they're on me. Yeah. So, that's an interesting scene. Um. So, waitress's brain short circuits asks again if they've got the money to pay for it and the biker's just like nah my treat yeah so they get him a whole feast going and then for some reason percy starts feeling like real ticked off oh yeah it's the presence of aries yeah uh, boiling in my stomach anger resentment etc etc who did this guy think he was rolling up on our table like that like he owns the place offering to buy us food I know, right? Uh Uh-huh. Jerk. Uh, And then Ares is, like, immediately antagonistic. Uh, Shocking. Played very... You know, (laughs) the the god of war would be antagonistic. Yeah. Weird, huh? Uh, He, uh, so he he introduces himself. Well, not introduces himself, but, like, he's just, like... He does the thing that everybody has done so far who is one of the, one of the people, one of the figures from mythology. uh Uh-huh. Which is... You tell me who I am. Uh-huh. Well, he, he says... Every single one of them. Every single one of them has done this. Like, mm-hmm. well, you need to tell me who I am. Because you need to prove to me that you know anything about this. What if this entire thing is just, like, Percy's, like, final for the semester? Like, all... <laughs> all, all of this is Chiron just trying to get Chiron, him a good grade? Yeah. Giving him a test and being like, no, this is the assignment. Yeah, you need to know and, who these guys are. And all, all of these people are testing him. Yeah. And at the very end of the book, he's going to roll back up into the camp and Chiron's just like, you get a B. Yeah, you didn't you didn't recognize <laughs> Echidna. That'd be great. That'd be <laughs> such a... That'd be a fantastic plot twist. Yeah. And I'm going to be disappointed that it's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he shows up immediately antagonistic and is just like, your old seaweeds kid, huh? It's a great name for Poseidon. Yep. Um, and then Percy immediately gets defensive, uh, and Annabeth is just like, don't even start. And I find interesting throughout this entire interaction because, like, Percy, uh, gets progressively more angry Mm -hmm. and more antagonistic to this guy and, like, is wanting to fight him. But Annabeth and Grover don't. Like, they're the ones holding him back and being like, no, 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 no. They're being the voices of reason here. And so you would think if Ares had this aura, it would affect everybody. I but mean, it's just Percy. It, it could be more than just an aura. It could be like he's putting the whammy on Percy. Like, he is intentionally focusing his energy on Percy. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it's, like, solely him who is getting angry at this interaction. Yeah. Um. Anyway. It's also that... Percy hasn't had direct interaction with any of the gods that he knows. Yes. Of. 
That's true. This he is has the, never uh, had a direct interaction. He's never been in the presence of one of the gods that he knows of. So this is a... F- or at all. I mean, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, Mr. D. Yeah. So As that's a, it. Just Mr. D. That's yeah. the only god that he's ever interacted with. All the, the others have been to Olympus. Like, well, yeah. I don't. we don't know if, if Grover has, but we know that Annabeth has been to Olympus. She's been in the presence of all these gods. She's been in the presence of Ares before. Yeah. So she has a little more understanding of what's going to happen when he shows up yeah uh so like you said he does that thing where he's just like you know who i am uh and he's just like yeah obviously you're clear he's his dad yeah mm-hmm. uh does she does he say that does he say you're clarice's dad yeah that's the first thing he says that's he's fantastic like, you're clarice's dad yeah i love that i love that <laughs> because that's one of those things that like I was joking with one of my friends who just had a kid recently that she she will not get a present, that she will only get presents for the kid for the next five years at least. Yeah. You know, like that thing where you're you're no longer a, a person anymore. You're somebody else's parent. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Milo's mom. You know, you're, you don't have an identity anymore. Like, yeah. I love that. That Percy goes out of his way. I think, I don't know if he does it on purpose, but he very much goes into this, like, yeah, you're Clarice's dad. You're yeah. you're not Ares, god of war. You're Clarice's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's just like, yeah, heard you broke Clarice's spear. Uh, and Ares doesn't really care. He's just like, yeah, kids fight their own battles, whatever. Yeah. Good job. Uh, and so Waitress brings out all the food. Uh, Ares throws her a bunch of gold coins that she's immediately this like, this isn't actual money. And then he immediately threatens to kill her. So that's yep. that's a yeah. He does pull out a knife and threaten her. Uh-huh. And like at this point, I'd go in the back and call the cops. Yeah, I don't know. If yep, hundred percent. And there's no direct indication that that's not what happens yeah. here. It's just like this is a attention that Percy really doesn't need, given that he's a wanted fugitive uh, nationally at this yeah. point. Yeah. So really, don't want the cops to show up here. But also, if if I were taking somebody's money and instead of cash, they handed me a bunch of obviously real gold coins, I'd just be like, yeah, I'm good with this. Consider it on me. This is probably worth a lot more than the 20 bucks you would have given me. A- is it, though? Because gold really isn't that valuable directly. Like, I mean, an ounce of gold is over $1,000 right now, I think. Like 1500 bucks for an ounce. So, like, yeah. Kristen's going to fa- fact check really quick. I'm not going to, sorry. This okay. Is... <laughs> I thought you were... Uh... I was going to, but I can't figure out the proper way to Google that. I'm just not gonna, because I would then have to know, like, the quality of the gold and all of that. But also, like, it's not it's not something that, like, you need legal tender. Yeah. Like, if somebody tried to pay me with gold that I can't verify is gold, very yeah. much less has any value. Like, yeah. no, I'm not going to accept that. Yeah, I guess. It's like if I, if I knew it was gold, that would be like, yeah, yeah, your dinner's on me. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, but... Um, anyway, and Percy's just like, you can't just roll up and threaten people with a knife. And Ares is like, of course I can. This is America. Yep. Ares <laughs> loves this country, which, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be subversive or not at all, but, like, it makes sense yeah. that Ares would just be like, yep, love America. Great place. Yep. Everybody carries weapons. It's fantastic. 100%. <laughs> We go and start wars around the world. <laughs> yeah. So Arius asked them to do him a favor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And Percy's just like, no, forget that. Yeah. And yeah. Annabeth's like kicking him under the table, kind of. You re- nope, you don't. You don't respond that way to the gods. Yeah. He's just like, why? Why don't you go and do it yourself? Uh, I mean, he explains what the favor is. He's just like, hey, I was going on a date with my girlfriend. Uh, left my shield behind because, like, I always take my shield when I go on a date. You know. Well, especially when Hephaestus, when 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 the girlfriend in question is married. Yeah. You should. Can I, can I make a joke about always bringing protection? Yeah. <laughs> Bring that shield. <laughs> anyway, uh, Percy challenges him, and then Ares threatens to kill him mm-hmm. again. Well, th- threatens to kill another person. First time threatening Percy. This uh, is, but this is the second time Percy's been threatened by a god. Yeah. Because <clears throat> uh, Mr. D threatened to turn him into a uh, dolphin. He is impertinent, though. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point Ares mentions the Harley. Like, he does, he does oh, bring this I up. I thought it was a Harley. I thought he specifically said it was a Harley at some point. Uh-huh. And Ares is just like, yeah, I don't feel like it. You're gonna do it because I'm giving you a chance to prove yourself. Yeah. Or, like, you a coward. Yeah. You know, come on. Come on, chicken. Uh, and then Percy has a moment where he's just like, hey... He's probably trying to get me to punch him. Like, he really just, he he wants to start a fight, and he's yeah. trying to get me angry. Uh, and then dials it back a little bit. Uh, and again, denies him a second time. Uh, and Ares just lets, like, yeah, know about your quest. If you do this for me, you might get some information that you'll find useful. So... There you go. I'm, yeah. I was trying to find the exact line. He once he that. once he offers to help is when Percy's finally like, okay, like we can we can work something out. Yeah, uh, and Ares takes credit for like uh, him being on the quest in the first place. And yeah, being like I was the one that blew this whole thing wide open. Um, you have to do and also like manipulates Percy with his mom. Yeah. So he does bring up the mom thing. Yeah. Which we which comes up two times in this chapter? Um, or just once? Just the once, I believe. Yeah, what does he say about his mom? Because he says something to the effect of, like, she isn't lost or what. Like, what? He says, help me out and maybe I'll tell you something you need to know. Something about your mom. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and Percy's like, my mom? And he's like, that got your attention. Well, yeah. The, the thing you're thinking of happened uh this last chapter where the spirit in the water is just like your mom's oh fate yeah. not, might not be as hopeless as you think it is yeah okay uh so anyway they need That's to go fine. thank you i was like yeah. what am i thinking of yeah uh they need to go to an abandoned water park and go into the tunnel of love ride because apparently, like, when you're a god, that's where you take your dates yeah, to the a abandoned water park. water park. Now, <laughs> you uh, pointed out uh-huh. the heavy symbolism here of the abandoned water park with Percy being son of a water god. Yes. That he is going to an abandoned water park, which is a place that is very much devoid of what gives Percy power. Yes. Intentionally so. And... Also, this you know tunnel of love joke, uh-huh. uh, where they they were uh, messing around at the tunnel of love, um, in the park. Yeah. But also, once we get there, Percy and Annabeth have to go down into the tunnel of love, and Annabeth's like, "Ew, no." 
Okay. So but, you're, yeah. you're, you're truncating so much of this. Like, <laughs> well, I'm talking about the symbolism here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... You want me to not talk about it until no, we not, get to the end of the discussion of no, what happens in the no, chapter? Yeah, no, we're, we're just going through. We're going through. Like, we, we have a lot more to dive into there. Um, so then Ares takes off. They have an interior discussion in the group about, like, what they're doing about this. Percy's not hungry anymore, even though he hasn't eaten for two days. Yeah, and Grover's just like, yeah, Ares came and looked for you. That's a really bad sign, but also, like, this would be really stupid if we said no to him. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much have to go and do this. This is a mandatory side quest. Yeah. So they go to the Amanda Water Park. Um... It had once been called Waterland, but now some of the letters were smashed out, so it read, What? Rad! That's my bullet point. Is that what it said? Yeah. W-A-T-R-A-D. And I was just Okay. Like, <laughs> See, I didn't... I, I I just saw that as wat, water... <laughs> yeah, like, I I didn't... Got it. Yeah. Get it. Hence, hence my joke there. What rad. Yeah. Uh, and so... They wander in. Percy's just like, yeah, this is a weird spot to take somebody for a date. Uh, and Annabeth's just like, um, do you not know who Ares' girlfriend is? And he's just like, no. It's Aphrodite. Hey, look, it's Aphrodite. Ah, oh, yes. The well, love goddess. Yeah. Who might enjoy the tunnel of love. Yeah. One might think. Seems a bit cliche to me, but, you know, whatever. Gods yeah. are cliche. At least in this series. Oh, yeah. Uh and Percy's just like, oh, I thought she was married to Hephaestus. And Annabeth is like, and? Yep. <laughs> so, what the gods get up to. Uh, they jump over the fence, get into this abandoned water park. So, I think partially, I like this. I like the scene. I like the way this chapter is played out. But I think it's also partially uh, knowing the audience, where... I think this works really well for the target audience of, like, I don't know, 12-year-olds, mm-hmm. YA fiction, et cetera, et cetera. If this were an adult novel doing this, I'd be like, this is way too on the nose and terrible writing. Yeah. But, but for a young adult audience, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Um, so they go to the dry water park. Yeah. Um, now. So they go to the park. Let's let's talk about, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it's no longer water park when there's no water there. Let's talk about Ares' intentionality here. What is Ares? Is is Ares up to something? Does he legit just want to shield back and he's just like, yeah, Percy's a convenient way to do it. Is he working for somebody? What's what's Ares' deal? I mean, he knows that there's a trap here from Hephaestus. Yeah. He knows that for sure. Yeah. So he's not going to go back and get his shield because he knows that there's a trap. Yeah. He's sending Percy, and it's probably because of Percy being impertinent and sending back the the Medusa head. Mm -hmm. Like, there's probably something there to where he got the attention of the god. Yeah. Um, And so... Who knows? I mean, it's Ares. He could just want to screw with them. Like, he could just want to to be a brat at this point. Mm -hmm. Like... But he also could want them to go get the shield for him because he thinks that they might have a chance of getting out of the uh, Hephaestus trap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, we've had conversations in several previous chapters about how, like, this all seems very put on. 
mm-hmm. it's very contrived this whole quest that he's on yeah and so like is Ares part of that or it's like it's Ares is introduced in such a way that it seems I think like Ares he, is purely selfish at this point yeah it's like he I seems like a selfish and dumb character yeah I don't think I, I don't think Ares is part of this uh conspiracy to steal the lightning bolt uh-huh necessarily yeah like yeah I think I think that this is just Ares being purely like selfish cool that's what I think that's my speculation yeah it is the whole abandoned water park thing just seems very contrived it's yeah. just like oh of course it would be there mm-hmm. um but anyway yep. lost my place uh so they get into the water park they find the park. tunnel of love with all these cupid things annabeth spots they they pass dude where's my swimsuit <laughs> Uh... <laughs> when did the movie come out <laughs> dude where's my car mm-hmm. have you actually seen that movie that movie came out five years before this book yeah so, so it was yeah, still yeah. very much in the zeitgeist yeah have you, have you seen that film it seems I, like a movie you wouldn't have been allowed I to watch i have at the not time. seen that movie it's a it's a brilliant dumb comedy if you liked comedies i'd show it to you but yeah you i know. don't anyway here we go again dating ourselves this is just a chock full of references to our uh adolescence isn't it yep um, so no monsters, but they did find a souvenir shop and they got some clothes. I forgot about that. They do change all of their clothes cause they've been wearing the same clothes since New York. Yeah. Um, they've slept out in the middle of the woods with these clothes on. They've slept on the bus with these clothes on. Percy's been in the Missouri, the Missouri, in the Mississippi river in these clothes. Like, yeah, they're a little gross. gross. Yeah. Which uh, might be part of why this the the server walked up and was like, "Do you have money?" Because you look homeless. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, so let's talk about the symbolism of uh, Team Waterland. Team Waterland. <laughs> so they're all wearing now branded merch. Yep. Uh, for a water park. Yep. On the on the Poseidon quest. They are. <laughs> they are Team Waterland. Uh huh. And again, this is exactly something a D and D party would do. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is, like, spot on. Yeah. It's like, all right, we're going to get shirts made. <laughs> I like it, though. Um, I, I don't know. I like it because they, we do have a lot of this recurring symbolism of the water, obviously. It is it is going to be a motif. It is a motif. It has to be because we have Percy being the son of Poseidon. Uh-huh. But like I don't know, I just it, it made me giggle. I don't know if it's if it's meant to be any more than that, but it was fun. Yeah, I just thought it was fun, and they got a backpack too, mm. or two. They have their bag of holding now. Just getting all kinds of stuff. What a what a what a great little side quest this is. Yep, lots of loot. Um, so they go and are looking for the tunnel of love. On the way there, they talk a bit about the background of Hephaestus, 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 Hephaestus. Uh, I think that's how you say it, and how he was tossed off Olympus by Zeus and got deformed, and like Aphrodite wasn't really into that uh, because he's kind of ugly now, and she's not really about talent, um, and so she's been going behind his back with Ares for. But like, everybody past... knows about it, so it's not really behind his back. Yeah, it's an open secret, but like also Hephaestus like goes way out of his way to try to catch them together and embarrass them. Yeah, like. At some point, they get caught in a giant golden net. Like, that's a that's an actual story from the uh, mythology, et cetera, et cetera. 
Yeah. And he is also the god of, like, metalworking, carpenters, artisans. So, like, when he's making these traps, he's working within his, like, yeah. his skill set. Yeah. He's an artificer, like, obviously. Um, so they find the Tunnel of Love. And then they find a really, really obvious trap. So there is a big pool, or big empty basin where a pool might have once been. Uh, there's a little swan boat down in the bottom. And right there in the middle of the swan boat, there's a shield sitting there. Also, around the edge of the pool, there's a bunch of little Cupid, Cupid statues. Yep. It's, I mean, it's exactly what I would expect of like a, a, lo- a tunnel of love. Yeah. kind of thing in 2005 yeah like i would expect the pool to be painted pink uh-huh. i would expect these little cupids to be on these towers all around it like yeah 100 percent. uh and then there's greek letters carved into the base of the statues though yes there's one greek letter not plural just one uh-huh i thought they they found two they but... found two of the same letter yes uh and ada to be exact and again, going with my this is like an adventuring party metaphor, this entire interaction is yeah. is just like... It is a D&D group. Point for point. Like yeah. they go, they they fail their role to check for traps. They see the very obvious trap set up that the DM put together and being like, you see a bunch of statues. Oh, you rolled a 17 on your investigation? One of them has an Ada carved into the base of it. Hmm. That's not <laughs> what I sound like when I DM, but <laughs> I could start sounding like that if you'd like. Uh, anyway, and so they're like, nope, we're going to go down there. Grover, you stay up here because, you know, you can fly and we're going to need you to drag us out of here when yep. we inevitably, uh, spring this trap, spring this trap. Uh, and Percy's just like, Annabeth, you come with me. And she's just like, what? You're going to, you're going to make me go down into the tunnel of love with you. Uh huh. Which this, this, <sighs> This whole interaction is is it's obnoxious. Is is obnoxious because it didn't need to be written like that. There's there's three of them there. Yeah, because she's just like so embarrassed. What if somebody saw us? There's Grover. There's Grover here in an abandoned water park. Yeah. Now <laughs> we know because yes. we finished the chapter that this is going to get live streamed to Olympus. So yes. the gods are going to see the two of them in the tunnel of love. Yeah. In Hephaestus's trap for. Ares and Aphrodite. Yeah. So we have this, you know, we have Athena's child with Poseidon's child uh-huh. in the Tunnel of Love working together on this quest. Uh-huh. Like, did did the gods know, does Athena know that her daughter is on this quest with Poseidon's son? Probably. Maybe, but, but <sighs> we have this conflict brewing in the camp and in in olympus where the gods are taking sides and athena's daughter is taking a side that is not athena's side crazy yeah um for the listeners at home i'm 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 gonna be uh just imagine in this next bit that i'm beating Kristen over the head with the book Mm -hmm. do you see the relationship foreshadowing symbolism yet (laughs) 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 do you I Do you see it? Don't want it to be a thing. It's so obvious. I know. Um anyway, so they get down to the boat and they see the shield. There's also a lady's scarf in there. 
Percy picks up the scarf and Athena's like, Athena. And Annabeth's like, no, you don't. Yeah, I uh, don't get messed up in that love magic because yeah. he's just like really intrigued by that scarf. I mean, like, yeah. mm-hmm. Aphrodite doesn't really want a scarf back. She doesn't come come around and be like, yeah, I left a scarf there. Yeah. Ares wasn't like, hey, get my girlfriend's scarf back. I was like, no, get the shield. Oh, just get the shield. Um, you you act like you want the gods to be <laughs> like friendly with each other or care for anything except themselves. Yeah, well. Uh, and then they notice the trap. So first they see there's mirrors all around the uh, outside of this pool. And then as they pick up the shield, his hand brushes against something that he immediately thinks is like a cobweb. But no, it's a metal filament. It's, it's a, a tripwire. Trip we did that well. Um, and then they see the other letter on the side of the boat. What? It, I don't know the significance of the Ada. Like, why is why are the Greek letters? What's the significance of that? In about one paragraph below your fingers on that page, uh, Annabeth explains that it is the first letter of Hephaestus's name in Greek. Oh, I missed that. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that from my reading of the chapter. Yeah. I, di- I didn't know that was explained here. Yeah, Annabeth explains that directly. Um, She's like, I should have known. Ada is the it's Hephaestus's initial. Uh, and then they spring the trap. Yep. So pull on the strip wire. The cupids all turn and they shoot their bows out. Yep. And they make the golden net. Basically, they make the golden net. I don't know if it specifically says it's golden, but you know, like we yeah, we we have this repeat of ancient tradition, I guess, with a new modern twist. Yep. Um, and then... There's cameras that live stream this to the gods. Yep. The Cupid's heads popped open. Uh, video cameras, apparently magical? Man, I don't know. Who knows? Like, that's <laughs> the other thing. Like, how does this work? Because we can't use telephones. We have to use iris messaging. But, like, it says you're going live to Olympus yeah. in three, two, and it counts down. Yeah. So. Like. That's the thing. Huh? Well, I mean, they, it's... It, they're not using cell phones not because they can't use technology. It's about like being tracked. Okay. I think was the was right. the explanation. Okay. But uh, still, they're, they're... yeah. So let's just talk to one of the gods, Iris, and ask her to deliver a message for us. Yeah, that's fine. That works. She won't tell anybody else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and then, if the situation wasn't bad enough with all the cameras and the countdown about the live streaming, thousands of me- mechanical spiders come out of nowhere. Yep. And they all uh, start scuttling, uh, I guess, not necessarily with the intention of killing them, but also, like, this was designed to be a trap for gods, so it might accidentally kill them just because of, yep. you know, they're kind of squishy path mortals. Uh, and so they are got by, caught by a net, about to be live-streamed, attacked by an army of spiders. Uh, so they, and uh, Annabeth has, like, a, oh, no, spiders moment, which really <laughs> upset me. Uh-huh. That really, really upset me. I was just like, really? Like, oh no, spiders? You, you, to be fair, you've had the, those moments as an adult. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but like, she's on a quest right now. She's already faced like a snake-headed lady. Like. Yeah. But spiders. There was a talking dog. <laughs> He really uh, lost. No, it. not the spiders. Yeah, lost a lot of respect for Annabeth's character here, didn't you? No, <laughs> just it annoyed me. Um, so they need to figure out a way out. I uh, think it's also interesting that we go directly from Luke being like, "Oh, someone would need to be invisible to get the thing," 
directly into this where you're like, oh, it's beating you over the head with the relationship symbolism and the fact that Percy and Annabeth are going to end up together. Uh-huh. Like, well, that makes it, that completely undermines any, like, intention of throwing suspicion on Annabeth to begin with. Yeah. Like, if that is foreshadowing for a relationship, it completely undermines whatever, like, suspicion we might have actually had for Annabeth if we weren't reading it as we trusted Luke. Unless there's a redemption arc. <laughs> anyway. If uh, there's a redemption <laughs> arc, I want him to end up with Clarice, okay? <laughs> be a whole vibe wouldn't it <laughs> um so percy comes up with a plan uh uh for once annabeth doesn't immediately come up with something it's percy yeah. who's just like grover get in the booth i can only save us if there's water because obviously there's still a lever up there that's going to control the water well there's to still going to be plumbing somewhere yeah. there's still water somewhere maybe <laughs> we we assume uh get into a booth there's a switch that's going to fill this pool uh so Grover gets up there, uh, and Percy closes his eyes and just summons all of his inner water powers. Yep, and he just brings like, the water to him. Uh, I am, I am ready to do this. And this is genuinely the first time I think Percy intentionally uses any of his water power, because like the plumbing blowing up on Clarice was accidental. The, the the fountain grabbing uh, Nancy Boboffit was an accident, was not intentional. Yeah. Uh, being healed by the river was completely unintentional. Yeah. Being protected by the other river and talking to the, to the lady under the water, also completely unintentional. Like, this is the first time that he, like, purposely, like, summons some water to him and, like, intentionally uses his power. Yeah, that is a moment, isn't it? And again, it happens right after the baptism scene, if we're talking about our symbolism, where he was submerged in the river. Yeah, it does happen after that. It's his first no, he... miracle, turning the water to the wine. Sorry. Um... It, uh... I was going to say re-moistening the tunnel of love, but that's the... <laughs> that's, uh... that's... Not you just gotta make a point of using the word moist in every episode now. <laughs> just just to bother somebody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's not have that line in the podcast, though. It's gonna be in the <laughs> Whew. Anyway. So. Water explodes out of the pipes. Uh, he drags Annabeth into the seat next to him in this little swan boat. And water explodes out whisk the spiders away uh and then they go on the thrill ride of love as the cameras are rolling everybody in olympus is watching this happen yep cool uh they he tries to steer the boat as best they can without breaking into a million pieces uh and then at the end of the ride they are coming up uh to some sort of like drop thing this is like a thrill ride so they're getting washed to the tunnel of love uh, and at the end of this uh, poorly designed ride, there is a ramp that, if the ride had been desi- uh, would have been working properly, they would have sailed off the ramp completely untethered and then splashed down, quote unquote, safely in the exit pool. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> it's not like a standard drop ride. It's like a like a they're coming up and they're launching yeah. off of a ramp. Yeah. 
in landing into the splash pool. This seems like a safety nightmare. Oh, yeah, it does. 100%. We're we're launching a vehicle completely untethered off of a ramp uh, that's supposed to come down and land in water and not kill anybody. Yeah. (laughs) So even if the ride had been perfect, this is a bad idea. But the gates of love are chained. Is there symbolism there? The gates of love were chained. That's a line. Uh, so yeah, they're supposed to go through the gates of love. Yes. So they're supposed to launch through the gates of love. Yeah. And the gates are closed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and two boats had been washed out ahead of them. Yeah. So they're like, there's a barrier. My question is, what did those two boats come from? Is that just from like the abandoned park, being an abandoned park? Or is that like... Did a, did Ares and a, and a Aphrodite get stuck in this trap? And then why would it be reset? Yeah, why would um, it be reset? Like, why would the shield still be there? Like, yeah. No, they didn't get stuck in this trap. I just, but what's the significance of the two boats? Like, I, I read that with the two boats, and I was like, I want to know why there were two boats here. Like, at the end of this ride. We we may never know. Okay. Um. So they need to figure out a way to not crash and die against the Gates of Love. Yep. Isn't that what all relationships are really about, though? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so Percy's idea is they're going to have to jump for it uh, and basically, like, jump out of the swan boat before they get to the gate and somehow fly over and Yeah, because the swan boat is going to crash into the gate and they need to to jump over that gate. Yeah. But also still land safely somehow. Yeah. Uh, so they pull this off. Uh, Annabeth is just like, she's much better at physics than Percy. You're terrible at spatial reasoning. We go when I say we do, uh, then they jump, make it over the gates into the pool. Cool. No. Uh, Oh. They don't. (laughs) Sorry. That was all. I got that wrong. They jump and they get rescued by Grover before they crack their skulls on the, on the fall. That is true. Yeah. Grover Sorry. comes flying into the rescue with his flying shoes. Read this a week ago. Catches them. Okay. Does that all make sense with you editing out my hitting the desk? Anyway. Uh, so then. But yeah, they... they all take a tumble together. All three of them come tumbling out at the end uh, past because they jumped too hard. They missed. They would have missed the pool. Yeah. And so, yeah. Grover sweeps in like a regular Cupid. Yeah. Catches them, and then all three of them come tumbling down because and then Grover they're gets, too heavy. Yeah, and then Grover gets stuck in a uh, little photo board. Yep. Where, where it's a very is. comical little moment where pers- where Grover's head just, like, ends up in the uh, photo board. Pretending to be Nunu the friendly whale. Yep. That was almost my character for this episode yeah. because it was, it was, that was almost too good to pass up. It's a great <laughs> one. My Nunu the friendly <laughs> whale. <laughs> Also known as Kristen. <laughs> Classic character. <laughs> um, anyway, they get up. They look at the devastation that they wrought against the former thrill ride of love. Um, and Percy looks at a camera. Are the cameras all the way down here? Uh, yes, because uh, the I that's that's how I was really struggling reading this chapter, trying to figure out like the 
the geometry of the throw out of love because yeah. I imagine the cameras are all facing this pool that yeah, Aries of Steel was in. that's what I pictured too. But, and I was trying really hard to figure out how how Percy could turn around and look at a camera. But then they're 100 yards away, it says. Like, yeah. He looks back at the camera as 100 yards away, which like, that's a pretty distant camera shot. Yeah. Um, so he's he's not like in the face of the camera. So yeah. there's there's a camera that's pointed at him, kind of zoomed in. Yeah. Uh, so he does a little showboating and is just like, Yep, thanks, good night, same time next week. Uh, wonders if the ratings have been any good. Um, and then it's just like, nah, we need to go have a little talk with Aries because this was a setup and I'm not about that life. Yeah. And they're going to go confront Aries in the next chapter. Well, I mean, they're going to confront him, but they're also going to take him his shield that he asked for. Yeah. So while they're going to go confront him, they're also 100% like, fulfilling the quest that he sent them on yeah so. so we'll see how that goes yeah maybe percy just keeps the shield as payment for uh really this is mine now yeah because that'll go well if he starts a fight with aries and oh, sure yeah. that'll end well for him uh cool all right so i think that's the chapter yeah yeah uh it was a long chapter a lot happened uh i think we covered everything unless yeah. there's something that we completely missed no, I, I think we're good. Cool. Works for me. What do we do next, Kristen? Uh, the next thing we do is we talk about our favorite sentence. All right. I've got mine. You do? Mm-hmm. Is that a first? I, I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, favorite sentences. Do you want to go first or uh, should I? Um, I can go ahead and go first because okay. mine is very inconsequential. I just like this sentence. All okay. right. <clears throat> just then a big lincoln continental pulled into the car wash with its stereo turned to maximum hip-hop <laughs> i just really like the phrase maximum hip-hop yeah it's it's fun all right cool well <laughs> I, I had i had one which was uh i should have been surprised or scared but instead i felt like i was looking at my stepdad gabe uh, yeah. And then I also had, you can't just threaten people with a knife. <laughs> That's true. So with this stepdad Gabe moment, I feel like we have this kind of parallel where like, I think that's part of why, because Ares is compared to Gabe, I think that's part of why I don't see him as like this, this nemesis. I see him as a foil. Yeah. Like I don't see him as actively trying to hinder this. I see him as selfish. In the same way that Gabe was. Yeah. And like Gabe served a purpose of protecting him because of the smelly mortal aspect where he protected Percy from the monsters. Yeah. By being a, a smelly human. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like Ares fits into the same category where he's, he's going to serve a purpose of protecting but or helping in some way just purely out of his selfishness. Yours is a lot deeper than mine. Yeah. Solid job. Thanks. <laughs> but it. you can't just threaten people with a knife. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Well, doesn't that just sum up our styles of <laughs> podcasting? It really does. <laughs> you know, what else sums up our styles? Our rewrites. <laughs> like that segue? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> 
All right, so I think it's my turn to go first. Okay. Um, so when we are reading the chapters, after we read them, we both do a little rewrite mm-hmm. where we rewrite this chapter from the perspectives of somebody else. We mm-hmm. move the camera, as it were. Um, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. So we rewrite the chapter. Uh, I think it's my turn to go first, so yeah. I'll go ahead and read my... What perspective is yours from? Probably the same as yours, because mine is from the perspective of your character you introduced yourself as. <laughs> we keep doing this. We need to discuss this beforehand so we don't keep doing the same. My car is dirty, so I wash it, right? Apparently not today, or maybe ever again. At least never going to that haunted car wash again. First I pull up next to three kids messing around. Normal, right? I leave my music on like usual, and two of these punks come around and yell at me to quiet down. I go back and forth with them a second, turn down the music, and hear two people talking in the next stall, like a ghost or something. The two kids in front of me tell me this place is haunted, and I kid you not, one of them vanishes. And my car goes crazy, doors opening, closing, water going everywhere, and the boy is just like, we tried to warn you. I got the heck out of there as fast as I could, and I'm never going back. <laughs> That's mine. Uh, we did a very similar story. Okay. Uh, I was inspired by the idea that we don't actually see what happens with Annabeth Grover and the guy in the car. Yeah, so we just I have said... the doors opening and closing. We have that sound. We also have the sound of uh, of Percy and, uh, not Percy, of the non-Percy members of the party. Yeah. We have the sound of, of Grover and Annabeth giggling as they come back and, like, having a good time. So that that giggling is what inspired me. Yeah, uh, same. So I went a slightly different direction. Uh, here is mine. <clears throat> Remembering my voices that I came up with through this. <laughs> Mark Whitaker thought he was going to have a normal, relaxing Saturday off. He'd had a delightful breakfast and was enjoying some of his favorite tunes on the way to the car wash. He wanted to get the Lincoln all spruced up for his date with Liv later later that evening. He had no idea how wrong his day was about to go. Not long after he'd put the quarters into the machine and started doing a pre-rinse, he was violently shoved from behind. Turning around to confront the attacker, he found no one there. Now a bit spooked, he tried to resume his routine but to no avail. No sooner had he turned around than the invisible assailant started again, ripping the spray nozzle from his hands and turning it on him, soaking him to the bone. Mark stumbles backwards and watch as he describes what happens next in his own words. I, uh, I I swear, I swear I'm not crazy, I swear, but I also know what I saw. Look, I look up and there's there's this demon hovering above me, like half man, half goat, six feet off the ground. He's he's holding a tin can in his left hand, and then he just he takes a huge bite out of it, like starts chewing the metal like it's corn chips. It's terrifying. I I ran, I ran. I'm not afraid to admit that. If you'd been there, you would have ran too. No other witnesses came forward to describe these events, but they do share similarities with other encounters described across the country. Come back after the break to hear more on car wash conspiracies. <laughs> so, there's mine. Delight. <laughs> yeah, we were both very inspired by that. Uh, by that moment. 
So that's our podcast. That's the episode. Yep. So uh, with the rewrites done, I think that's it, right? Sounds good to me. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed chapter 15 of The Lightning Thief. Join us next time as we discuss chapter 16, We Take a Zebra to Vegas. In the meantime, you can interact with us uh, on social media uh, at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, or you can email us your fan art of the rainbow uh, I am mean system uh, at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, don't threaten servers with knives. <laughs> It's pretty rude. Yeah. And always check for traps. Always check for traps. For <laughs> real, though. For real. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. Bye. In the meantime, you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronically Podcast. You can do uh, interact with us on Twitter at Chronically Pod. You've done this a hundred times. I'm so confused. <laughs> what is our Instagram? Join us next time when we discuss Chapter 17. That's not how numbers work. You can join us next time as we discuss chapter 17, 16. Take a breath. Collect yourself. You you train children for battle and then go and start a war. No, sorry. I read that wrong. I should reread. This is what happens when I take a week off from doing uh, my my little summary is to lecture reading them because I can't read the things I wrote. Yeah. My handwriting is terrible. I know. I'm going to try that one again. Yeah. This promise of a laying destruction. Yeah. So we're so Elaine, we got a little. What is the word I'm looking for? Oh, uh, oh. delaying and uh, I'm doing. I don't know. This promise of not destroying <laughs> things. Yeah. New information to me. Oop. We're professionals, Kristen. Come on. <laughs> With their godparents, mm-hmm. and that means divine parents. Sorry, my, my, my chair is very yeah. squeaky today. Let me adjust. You can join us next week as we take a zebra to Vegas. I don't, I, I'm, don't, don't ruin my thing. What? Oh, okay. that's not your Christmas present. <laughs> you don't get this privilege. Okay.